You know, for those of you who are new with us this year, um, our mission statement here at Grace Spring Bible Church is helping people take a step closer to Jesus. And there is a reason for that, because we are convinced that when you are living out your purpose, and your purpose being uh, to be on the mission God has called you into, that mission is always to be in relationship with Him, in relationship with His presence. And when we connect with Him in His presence, it opens us up for the miraculous. And I think in today's day, we many times just shy away from anything that is potentially miraculous because it's a little bit too out there. But I think this next 21 days for we as a church family is a great opportunity for our souls to be awakened. Um, you know, what does awakening mean? Awakening is just being woken up. Then maybe you're in a season where it's just like you feel like you're in a little bit of a slumber. Uh, it, it just seems like uh, your, your soul needs a little bit of uh, jump-started or reinvigorated, okay? Um, I know that's the case for a lot of people I've been talking to, and that's okay. You know, that's good. But I think for some of us, you just need a breakthrough. You know, when I look at uh, the word breakthrough, the definition is a sudden or dramatic game-changing discovery or development. You know, I tell you, we see um, breakthroughs in medicine um, and in amazing ways. We, th- we see it in science. I mean, here in the last couple of years during COVID, we've been putting uh, civilians up in space. I mean, that's a breakthrough, right? That's significant. There's a lot of different breakthroughs happening, but maybe you are in need of a breakthrough because you are here and you know God wants you on mission over here, but there is this obstacle and this obstacle keeps tripping you up. This obstacle might be um, a difficult marriage and you're just saying, Lord, help me through this. It might be a, a child, a wayward child that is just breaking your heart, and it's, it's just been an obstacle, and all you can do is, is fixate on those very real concerns that you have, but it's, it's almost, I think, robbing you from the invitation that God has for you to be on mission with Him. In fact, last week, we talked about a vision um, in Ezekiel 47. It's the vision of a temple in Jerusalem, and that there was a brook flowing out of that temple, And if you recall, the further eastward it flowed, and eastward was the direction of those who did not know God, it said it went from ankle deep, to knee deep, to waist deep, to fully immersed that you had to swim in the waters. And that this is the place that I desire, and we as a leadership team desire, that the further we go away from this place... The church where we come together for a place of encouragement that as we are going out, we are daring to take God at his word that part of the healing that we need in here is by being with him in, uh, on purpose, in mission with him. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, and I think for some of us, we have been maybe in a spiritual stupor so long that we just don't even entertain the idea that God could do something amazing through you, and through you, and through you. And I I think so many times we just don't understand because we have talked ourselves into how good our faith walk is without really taking an honest assessment. 
Case in point, I had a experience very recently, and uh, I don't know if you've gone through something like this, and I'm just trying to be vulnerable before you guys, but I went to a coffee shop to study, because sometimes that's where I like to study. I feed off of being where people are. And the coffee shop was closed, so I ended up going to McDonald's, and as I was going to McDonald's, I observed something there. There's this cute little girl. She was dressed up so nice, and she and her mom came into McDonald's, and they ordered up something, but not too far right after them was this lady who looked like she was a homeless lady. She was dirty. She was not taken care of, um, and, and she was right in line beside this little girl. Now, I saw her making eye contact, and she was making faces at this little girl. The little girl was making faces at her, and and, uh, you know, and I was just intrigued by this observation. So I'm sitting in my booth where I'm sitting. Well, then the mom and the daughter go to a, a, a table. And then not too far after that, the, um, the what appeared to be a homeless lady then came and sat in the booth right behind. Okay, so they're very close in proximity. And the entire time, the older lady was making eye contact with this little girl. And I, just, I was just so intrigued by this. And in my mind, and I'm being totally vulnerable here. In my mind, I was almost like, woman, stay away from that little girl. I, I, I was just, there, there was just something in me that was just like, okay. Um, I mean, that's, that's nice and all this kind of stuff, but the mom and the daughter probably want to be left alone and all that kind of stuff. But there kept being this interchange. It was cute. But then they finished their meal, and I heard this lady ask the mom if she could kiss the head of her little girl. And I overheard this. And I'm saying, run, run, run. You know, I, I mean, I'm just saying that, I, especially in times like these, it's like, man, you don't know where this woman's been, and everything in my heart was run, and the mom looked at the lady and nodded her head, to which the homeless lady reached down, and she kisses this girl in the head, to which the little girl responded and said, Jesus loves you. Okay. That little girl preached a sermon that was better than any sermon I could just preach right there. And, and I was so stinking convicted. And I was like, what is that in me, Brian? What is that in you that is looking and evaluating a situation and saying, this is how exactly that situation should go. And then the Holy Spirit of God just smacked me upside the head and said, Brian, I want to do something with that. And I think so many times we don't allow ourselves those moments because we're too busy doing something like this. When the stresses of life overwhelm us, there are so many places that we go to medicate and to cope with the stresses of life, right? I mean, I don't know what's on the screen, but here I, I have for us. I mean, how many of you, man, you just, well, when you feel stressed or whatever, you've got to have salt in your system. Man, you're a chips person. Anybody here? All right. Here, I've got um, dried pork rinds. Anybody about dried pork rinds? Why? I mean, why? Okay. Well, anyway, I got those up here. Um, but maybe it's not the salt. Maybe it's the sweets. Maybe it's the sugar. Reese's, anybody? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Reese's, you got the Oreos here. Or, or maybe it's a beverage. You know, you're fixated on Cokes or what have you, or a Red Bull. You know, some of you are just like, man, I got to have me some beer. You know, I, I got to just continue to, to crave after these things. For some, it's like Mario Kart or gaming. For others, it's movies. For others, it's exercise. For others, it's just so many different things. And I want us to acknowledge the fact that our society is teaching you that when you get overwhelmed, you just figure out how to cope. And I just read an article yesterday in USA Today talking about the mental health crisis in our society today. We have been in an extended period of trauma as a culture for a long time now. And our minds don't know really what to do with it. And I think the great encouragement from me to you here today using God's word, and that is that man, we've got to stop running after these things. And we've got to start being true to the purposes God has called us to. And for many of us, that's going to require an awakening of our soul or a breakthrough in our life. And I firmly believe the next 21 days could be that for you. I firmly believe that. You know, for the next few weeks, we're, uh, we're, we're going to be here in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. But the question for us today is, where are you in most need of a breakthrough? Where are you in most need of the Holy Spirit of God just showing up in a powerful way and doing something about something that maybe you have just given up on and said it's always going to be like this? I want us as a church to entertain that realm of mystery that Jesus invites us into. And so uh, turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, it's on page 1031 in the Bible under the seat in front of you if you don't have the scripture. We always like people to follow along. I've asked Claudia Waters to come up and do the reading for us uh, here today. Claudia is going to introduce herself, um, and I know her husband Cody here, um, but Claudia, uh, tell us something about yourself. Yeah, good morning, church. Good to be here with you this morning. Uh, like Pastor Brian said, my name is Claudia. It's my husband Cody down in the front here. Um, we're relatively new to Grace Spring. We started attending um, in around Easter time of last year, so I think we're kind of settled in now. Um, since we started here, we have gotten involved with a couple of the ministries. We've been attending um, a fellowship group for young married couples, which has been a great way to just meet people, make friends, um, and feel like we're part of this family of faith. Um, you might also see me out in the coffee shop every couple weeks, either making coffee or mostly talking. Um, and Cody has been um, involved on the Usher team. So, yeah, it's been great to get to know all of you. And please come say hi to us. Um, if you'd like to get plugged in with some of those ministries, we'd be happy to let you know how to do it. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you. So like Pastor Brian said, we're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 10 this morning, verses 1 through 3. If you would please stand with me for the reading of God's word. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you. Please be seated. 
Now, let me give you a little bit of the context because here for the next few weeks, we're going to be here in Luke chapter 10. I want you to really study through this text. But as you uh, read through the ministry of Jesus here, in Luke chapter 10, um, we are in the final six months of Jesus' life. He'd been pouring into his disciples. Now, there's his 12 disciples, and then there's other disciples that followed along after him as well. He dedicated, though, three years to really allowing 12 men to get the behind the scenes, to really challenge them, question them. But also, um, there are many others that followed. Here in Luke chapter 10, they're going into a territory that for the religious establishment in Jerusalem, it was a often ignored territory. In fact, in chapter 9, um, Jesus brought his disciples through Samaria. Now, if you know anything about Jewish history, Samaria and Samaritans were not looked to at all as um, brothers as people of faith. It's almost like, no, we hate Samaritans. But when it comes to this area of Perea, um, it's on the east side of the, of the Jordan River. And so it's in the territory formerly known as the tribe of Gad. And Jesus was going to spend about the last six months of his ministry primarily in this region. What's fascinating about this region is they were accustomed to being ignored by people of faith. And when I think about that vision we talked about last week of Ezekiel, that river was flowing towards dry spaces, places that needed the spring of the good news of the grace of God. And so here Jesus not only just takes his 12 disciples, but he takes 72 of those who were following and he sends them out in pairs. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. So it's almost like this was the JV squad. You had the 12 that were sent out in Samaria, but now you have 70. Uh, some texts say 72. So you've got these, and he sends them out in pairs, which I think is extremely important. Because how many times have we wanted to go and do some incredible endeavor, but we've kept it to ourselves? and when stuff got a little bit hard, guess what we did? We dropped out. But there's something about having a workout partner or a ministry partner. So I love that there is this ministry partnership. But notice, what is this territory like that they are being sent into? Look at verse 3. It says, go your way, behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Isn't that just great? He said, what, what, you're lambs? I mean, I've never seen a nature show that has a lamb with blood in its mouth because it had just triumphed over a wolf. Never seen that happen before. But now it says this, oh, by the way, you 72, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. But isn't that what Jesus came to do? I mean, Jesus came, he entered into a broken world, and again, he was eventually crucified, a lamb in the midst of wolves. So he says, it's not going to be easy. We don't like that, do we? We want easy, we want comfort. In fact, that's what so much of this is. Comfort foods makes us feel comfortable, makes us forget the condition we're in. 
But again, if we are going to be a church on mission with God, we've got to be filled with people who are willing to be on mission with God. You can't be a missional church without people on mission with God. I'm here to say that the next 21 days, we are going into a time of prayer and fasting. Why are we doing this? Because of verse 2. Look at verse 2. The harvest is plentiful. So he says, yes, out there in the midst of wolves, the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers, they are few. Why are the laborers so few? Because they don't want to be called out into very difficult situations. They kind of like it comfortable. Hey, I've got my fire insurance. Jesus is my Savior. Yes, but He is to be your Lord as well. And when He leads us into purpose, we are to follow, right? And so with that, we have a command from Jesus Himself. He says, therefore, pray earnestly. For what? Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. How many times do you find yourself in your daily prayer saying, Lord, please, not just work in my heart. Man, raise an army of those that need to hear the word of the good news of the gospel in Jesus, of Jesus. Especially in times like this. Everyone is freaking out over everything. But I tell you, we have the words that lead to life. And he says, we are to pray earnestly. Well, when I think about praying earnestly, I look throughout Scripture and I go, what does earnest praying look like? If he is commanding his disciples to, hey, pray earnestly, what are some examples of that? Well, all throughout the Scriptures, there's examples of, of praying earnestly. In, in fact, uh, let's go back. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, man, there was a time to pray earnestly, and here was that situation. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, there was a, a, a the king of Judah, um, of the nation of Israel, okay, so the southern kingdom of the two kingdoms of Israel. It says, uh, the king's name was Jehosh- Jehoshaphat. Isn't that a great name? I'm sure he had the nickname Fatty or something like that. But it's like Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat, as the king, he was in Jerusalem when the enemies were surrounding uh, Jerusalem. And what I love about Scripture is how honest it is. It says this in verse 3. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So you see, there's something there in fasting that uh, I want to highlight here for us. And that is, fasting is refraining from something like food or media or something that takes a lot of your attention. And instead, using that time for a spiritual purpose. See, there is something that whenever you look throughout the scriptures, there is prayer and it's accompanied with fasting. And fasting isn't very common today, even in the church of Jesus Christ. It's like, oh man, that's so Old Testament or whatever. I go, really? Okay, let's consider for a moment 
in Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4. You have Jesus. He's about ready to start his earthly ministry here on earth. And in Luke chapter 4, it says in verse 2, or actually in verse 1, it says that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. So here's two stories. You've got one who is surrounded by enemies, and Jehoshaphat said, we have got to pray and fast and seek the Lord. Now you've got Jesus ready to go into battle, knowing there was an adversary that wanted to keep him from the purposes of which Jesus came to earth to fulfill. And because he was going into battle, you have him praying and fasting. And what I love about both of these stories in Second Chronicles and in Luke, we see that there was victory, and the victory was tied to taking eyes off of circumstances or off of the enemy and saying, Lord, you fight this battle. And I don't know about you, but I see Jesus, he is God on earth, and he is praying, and he is fasting. And then I think if Jesus needed prayer and fasting, don't you think you need it? Don't you think I need it? And so here's what uh, I think fasting reminds us of. Whenever you fast, you imitate Jesus. You imitate Jesus. If we are a church on mission to helping people take a step closer to Jesus, if we want to take a step going from the shallow end of ankle-deep water to knee-deep water to waist-deep water, I think we've got to avail ourselves to be imitators of Christ. But the beautiful thing about the good news of our faith is that Jesus doesn't say, good luck in doing this on your own. He says, no, I've given you the means. You just have to take advantage of the means. And I think even in the church of Jesus Christ, these habits and iPads and phones with computers and all this stuff that is taking so much of our mental energies that we have got to learn from Jesus, and we've got to take time to pray and fast. Why? Because whenever you fast, you imitate Jesus, but whenever you fast, you sensitize your spirit. You sensitize your spirit. In Galatians 5.16, I'm going to read this for you. In Galatians 5.16, it says this, Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. I, 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 I circled that in my Bible. It says that when you continue to feed the flesh, you, you, are, you are not feeding the spirit and so the Spirit's uh, pull on you is weakened because you're filling yourself up with things that the world is filling themselves up with. But it says this, you've got to feed the Spirit. You've got to feed the Spirit. So my prayer is, Lord, Lord, please help me tame the flesh 
if not starve the flesh, so that you may toughen the spirit within me. Isn't that a great prayer for us? Lord, tame the flesh so that you might toughen the spirit. See, this is why we are going into a time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, I know some of you are brand new to Grace Spring today. Hey, I'm just going to invite you into that for your own spiritual journey. But I think something that's important in all of this is that we don't just abstain from something, but that we press into prayer, that you prioritize prayer. See, not eating a certain diet and not filling that with prayer or ministry or something that connects us with the living God, if we fast without those things, it is merely a diet. We're not calling you to a 21-day diet. We're calling you to 21 days of availing yourself for opportunity for God to do something mighty in you. See, that's why we prioritize prayer. In Mark chapter 9, there's a story of a a boy with an unclean spirit. And the disciples had had the power to heal, but they were unable to heal this particular boy. And so the dad of this boy was complaining to Jesus saying, hey, your disciples aren't able to free our son of his particular situation. And Jesus comes in and he frees this little boy. And then in Mark 9, 29, he pulls his disciples aside and he says, what you just saw, that can only happen with prayer and fasting. Say what? So basically, Jesus, what you're saying is that there are certain mysteries, certain miracles I'm unable to behold because I'm not exercising what you've invited me into, and that is fasting and prayer. Now, let me put a warning out here. What you are not hearing me say is that you are working towards your salvation. That is not what prayer and fasting is about. God loves you as much now as if you would do the 21-day fast or you don't do the 21-day fast. The Lord is going to love you. The invitation is, do you want an awakening in your heart? Do you want a breakthrough in your life or in certain circumstances? Do you want that? Well, then we need to look to God's Word, and He invites us into the practice of praying and fasting. And not to do that just between we and God. Remember in our passage here today, they went out in pairs. But part of the going out in pairs was part of their praying. So many times we pray and it's like, well, great. The Holy Spirit of God says, you're going to be the answer to your prayer. So as you were going, continue to pray. But what I love about doing this kind of exercise together, 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church body, is that when you're feeling down, you know that there's others in the family of faith at Grace Spring Bible Church that says, hey, we're on this journey together. Because what was such good news for King Jehoshaphat, way back in 2 Chronicles, was that God fought the victory for them. In fact, it's such a great story. 
Because, see, the king appears before his people and he says, We are powerless against the great horde that is coming against us. And then he said these words in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12. He says, We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Are you in a situation like that? I can't figure out what to do. But in my not being able to figure out what to do, my eyes are not on me. They are on you. And see, the result of that is that God had a mighty victory. He intervened in a way that the people didn't have to. And miraculously, those enemies were overthrown And the people began to sing and praise the Lord. They sung and they praised the Lord. And in their praising of the Lord, in singing in gratitude to God for his victory, even before it happened, God shows up. And guess what? They've got all these spoils that it took them days to be able to take the spoils from the battlefield in which they did not fight on the battlefield. God fought for them. How many of you would you prefer God to just intervene and fight your battles? Anybody? Man, I want God to be fighting my battles. And I know way too many times I just said, hey, God, I think I got, I, I think I got this. Um, I'll call for help if I need it. God is saying, no, invite me into it. Invite me into the mix. And start singing songs of gratitude even before you see me work and see the miracles that are about to happen. I believe in a God of miracles. I believe this can be a church of miracles. I'm seeing miracles happen. I want to see many more miracles happen. And I think this 21 days for us together is going to help be a part of that. And lastly, about whenever you fast, you open yourself up for a breakthrough. I mean, you open yourself up for a breakthrough. I think it's just so important. In Daniel chapter 10, the uh, prophet Daniel, he was praying for clarity as to a particular vision. And, and a, a, a vision was given to the prophet Daniel for what the later times, the end times, times we're living in, what those days would be like. And what I found interesting is that for a period of 21 days, Daniel, he prayed and he fasted for 21 days. And then the messenger, who seems to be the pre-incarnate Jesus, because the description of the messenger in Daniel chapter 10 is very similar to Jesus displayed in Revelation chapter 1. And listen to these words. He shows up to Daniel and says, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard and I have come because of your words isn't that amazing he says he said you have you have pleaded with the Lord for 21 days and you've kept at it but he says I want you to know since the very first day I mean I have responded to that but then what's he say in verse 13 he says the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia, and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. How many days of fervent prayer? 21 days. Do you have it in you 
21 days of fervent prayer. Man, I think you got it in you. I just find as a pastor, it is my job by God to help you get from here to there and to leverage God's word to allow you to enable the victory and the breakthrough. And so for the next 21 days, I want to draw your attention to something. Here uh, you were given uh, on your seat um, as you came in. It says 21 days of prayer and fasting. You got this card. Could everyone look at that, please? Um, I know for the last week and a half, I have really been praying, Lord, what kind of fast am I going to experience? Um, And lead me to that. But notice here, there are some guides as to um, why fast and, and different kinds of fasts. Can I encourage you, if fasting has, and praying has been something that is a part of your uh, a rhythm in your life or a routine in life, man, that's fantastic. But maybe I want to encourage you to go into deeper waters. Maybe if, you, if for 21 days in the past, you have like said, I'm going to miss one meal a day and use that time instead to pray, I go, man, that's fantastic. But maybe for you, it's a different kind of fast this time. I know I feel led to do the second one here, a, a, a Daniel fast, um, a selective fast. A Daniel fast is in the book of Daniel, and it is just eating fruits and vegetables and water and just everything that is natural. You know, when Daniel did this, it says he was like, he was so sharp, and he was able to outperform those in his own class. Um, I know I'm doing the Daniel fast. I know for some, it's just like, well, I'm just going to, uh, you know, fast a meal. Some will say, I'm going to just be on a water diet for the next 21 days. And I'm going to use the time I was eating to pray instead or be involved in ministry in some way instead. Or for some, it's a soul fast. For some, it's like, man, my issue is Netflix or social media, and I'm hooked on it. Can you imagine 21 days of not being on social media? I know our teens have been on snow camp this weekend. Could you imagine 21 days? 21 days of teens not being on social media? Could you imagine that? Yeah. Parents are like, yeah. Um, I don't know what it needs to be for you, but I pray that you just, beginning tomorrow, that you seek the Lord and say, for the next 21 days, I'm going to give up this, and instead, I'm going to use this time to press into the Lord and pray in that way. And so, use this maybe as a guide to help you pray um, as you prepare for this. And again, if you just say, oh, I only lasted a week, hey, if you've never done this kind of thing before, I just applaud you. Just take a step into the mystery of what God can do to awaken your soul and spirit during this time. Um, we also have growth guides. They have been created. We have these digitally for you online, but we also have these out in the concourse. Get an awaken um, growth guide. Great ideas of opportunities of how you might be able to spend time just communing with God. Um, next, opportunities this week on Wednesday night in here, 7 o'clock, we have a night of worship. It's going to be a night where we get our eyes off of our circumstances onto the Lord. And we're going to leverage one thing that we've leveraged in here already this morning. And that is these chalkboards here in the concourse. We have one over here that says, let go. 
you know, our prayer is that you would be vulnerable enough to, to just write down. You don't have to put your name on these, but just write down what would you like to let go of? What are you needing to let go of so that you can be far better in tune with the living God? And write that because we on Thursday are going to have a prayer team that are going to go and we're going to pray for you. So if you put down your name, we're going to pray for you by name. But we're going to pray over these, what you're letting go of or what you're needing to let go of. But also over here, what you're pressing into. So you're saying, I'm letting go of this so I can press into this over here. And we want you to be vulnerable. What is it that our prayer team can pray for you? It might be, I just have a hard time forgiving somebody. Well, great. Man, let's press into how your heart might be transformed through the power of forgiveness. And you may not be there yet, but you will be in these 21 days. Because we got teams praying for you. Leverage these. Even after the sermon, during our response time, I want to give you the freedom to go out to these chalkboards and, and just write down a card and put on each one of these chalkboards. Or after service, do that. Because on Wednesday night, we're going to also have this time of being able to express, Lord, please, honor that I so badly want to see a breakthrough or an awakening in this area. That, Lord, I'm going to give up this for 21 days because I expect you to show up in a way to address this breakthrough, this sudden change. I know, and there's a lot of us, we're in need of breakthroughs. Anyone in need of a breakthrough? Somehow? Man, there's just so much going on in this world. I think the church of Jesus Christ, when we get serious to how God's word calls us to get our eyes off of self, man, that's right there. You might put that let go, let go of getting my eyes so much on myself and my comfort. That might be what you write down on a card so that you can be available and open to what God wants done as you press into him. I think this could be an amazing 21 days for this church family. I know we live in a day where we're not liking to be told what to do by those in leadership. But God has appointed me as a pastor of this congregation to lead us to the places that the Lord wants his river of grace to flow to. But we're never going to avail ourselves to being on mission with him if we first have not yet allowed him to allow those refreshing springs of living water into our own soul. And I think this 21 days can do it. How about you? Can we go into a time of prayer um, and pray very specifically for maybe what God wants to do in your heart during this time? I'm, I'm going to uh, just allow some time for some quiet because I want you right now even to pray, Lord, what is this 21 days going to look like for me? And I would encourage you, just like Jesus sent out the 70 in pairs, who are you going to tell about the fast that you are going to go on so that you could text each other, hey, how you doing, how you doing? Here's what I would encourage you with. If you focus so much on what you're letting go of, sometimes that can set you up for failure. Just say, we're letting go, but I'm going to focus more on what I'm pressing into and what I need the Holy Spirit of God to do a breakthrough in my heart. And I'll tell you, every time you feel a hunger pain, that will prompt you to what you're pressing into. 
Let's be countercultural. Let's not run to the things the world is running to. You get so filled on junk food that you miss the stuff you really need. And I know and you might have some rice cakes. There are some rice cakes hidden back here. I know there might be some healthy things. But still, what are you filling up on when you really could use that time to fill up on the Lord and His purposes for you instead? Let's be a people who press into your purpose, Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for this family of faith. And Lord, I feel like I'm calling people to do something today that is just so countercultural, tragically, even in church world. It's almost like so many people come to church and just say, give me a great experience and let me feel good about my own selfishness. Lord, I pray that today we have been rocked to the core a little bit, that we would dare to venture into the mystery of what you're doing. And Father, um, I have no doubt that throughout this experience, we're going to hear stories of breakthrough and awakening. And so, Lord, we pray that in ever-increasing ways. We pray these things in your most holy and precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.